0: to another episode of Sensational Customer Experiences. This is the show where we explore the idea that everything your customer knows about you is a direct result of input from their five senses. It's what they see, hear, taste, smell, and touch that determines how much they love you. And now here's your host and consumer experience expert, Wes Miller.
1: And I'm here today with Ron Gay, who's the president of YCC. He is... A specialist that is known for best utilizing every square inch of space that he is given, as he works exclusively to design jewelry retail stores. Uh, because of his ability to utilize every square inch, he uh, he ends up increasing sales and better shopping experiences for his clients. And I had the opportunity to check out his website which uh, I would encourage you to do as well. That website is www.yccltd.com. And if you do nothing else, go on there and check out some of the pictures of some of the different stores that he has designed and created and put together and you're going to see jewelry stores like you've never seen before these are not your typical shopping mall type jewelry stores these are really different unique i'm not going to let the uh, cat out of the bag i'm going to let ron talk about some of that but ron thanks for uh, joining us today Uh,
0: yeah thanks for having me on this is actually the first podcast i've ever done so i'm kind of uh, new at this experience you know usually i mean Most of my job is just talking to people and seeing what they want and trying to give them exactly what they want. I think it's important when you're designing stores and helping people out, you really need to tailor and do do things what they want. Instead of just a lot of uh, designers and showcase manufacturers, they just want to build a standard showcase with standard understock and not really pay attention to what the customer wants. As a matter of fact, I'm just completing a store in uh, Lacey, Washington right now, Uh, Clue Jewelers, and they had a rather unique request from me. They were trying to do some uh, interior case displays, and they couldn't get anyone to even design what they wanted to see, so I was tasked with designing all the elements and doing the drawings so that another company could do all the interior case displays for their cases, and uh, I didn't think it was that big a deal, but apparently it was. They're very pleased. Uh, we opened that store, and uh, we're going to open it in July. Uh, they're really looking forward to it, and uh, I'm looking forward to being done with it, but they, uh, they had some rather unique things. They had a lot of understock requirements, and we had a lot of different size drawers and other things that they specifically wanted for specific items. So we went through every showcase and every opening in the lower understock to tailor it to exactly what they wanted rather than what would be easy to build. That's one of the ways that we we do things a little bit differently with my company than, than a lot of design companies. I'm not going to necessarily say the way I do it is the best way. It's just the way I do it. And that actually
1: brings me to one of my questions that I knew I wanted to ask you about because it's so obvious when you go to your website that you are very unique in the kind of creations that you come up with. And rather than talk about that, I wanted to get it right from you, the answer to this question of, you know, what makes you unique? If, if you were to be asked by someone thinking about designing a store, you know why would I hire you over just anybody else? What makes you unique? And I know you can speak to that because I've seen some of the, the unique creations on your site.
0: Well, I think one of the big things that I do that a lot of other companies don't do, typically when you hire a designer or an architect to do your space, they come in and have an interview with you, take a look at the stores that you've had, get all your ideas together, then they go in and they go back to their their office and they start designing and they get your store all designed and they send you a completed set of prints and say, here it is. The problem I see with that is, number one, what if they've gone down a path that is just really not where you wanted to be? So what I do this a little bit different, I go through and draw up uh, preliminary plans and get kind of a floor layout and then... I'll send it to the customer in just that preliminary form. We might go through 20 or 30 different fairly major change layouts before we actually start finishing the the drawings so that we can actually get bids. But I feel it's much more important to let the customer have a say in everything just so that they will end up where they want to be ultimately. Because when you get right down to it, you know, I'm going to finish a job, I'm going to build the cases, I'm going to install them, and I've had stores that I've never seen them again. I've never seen the cases again. try to get back once the store is open because I like to see them open doing business, but I don't have to live there. These people that are having me design stores, they have to live with whatever I've designed for the next 10, 15, 20 years. So I want it to be something they want, not something I want. Because I just think that's more
1: important, one of the my favorite stores that I saw on the website was the one that looks like a, a diner that has kind of a, a you know seating and, and kind of a diner type arrangement um,
0: yeah that's uh, Mark's jewelers they're in Montgomery'sville, uh, Pennsylvania, which is north of Philadelphia. That was actually uh, a very interesting job it was the largest square foot store I've, I've done to date, it was uh, 17,000 feet on the sales floor. And he actually had the idea of the Diamond Diner and very in, very intelligent guy. His name is uh, Jim Bruslowski. When he came in originally and we talked about it, he came to me and he says, I'm going to buy a 25,000 square foot warehouse and make it into a jewelry store. And quite frankly, I told him that that sounded like the worst idea I'd ever heard, and I just didn't think it was going to work. And so about a year later, he came back to me again, and we started talking, and he gave me an 83-page wish list for his store. It uh, went out for a design competition. Well, I say design competition. There were uh, three or four designers involved. He selected me because of the way I treated certain things. The biggest thing, I think, was the lounge that I created. It it seats 32, which sounds rather large for a jewelry store, but uh, he's got a rather unique concept in that he will loan this space out to anybody that wants to use it for a training or anything else free of charge because when they're done with their training or their meeting or whatever, then they're in a jewelry store and it's a way to get customers in and people that are going to trainings and going to meetings, uh, Rotary Clubs, Kiwanis, fundraisers. These are typically people that have more disposable money. And when you are in a, you know, I've pretty much got to call jewelry a luxury business, it's all disposable income because it's it's not like a staple of life. He came up with a rather unique idea of making it feel a lot of stores have private showing rooms that get you in kind of a a small area, maybe 50, 60, 70 square feet, and it's you and your customer, and you're kind of enclosed in a space, and people feel a little bit threatened. But when you're in this Diamond Diner, you're in a much more relaxed area. He told me that the first Christmas he had it open, he has seven Diamond Diners and a, a dining table that seats six, and he said there was a waiting line to get in there to sit in the Diamond Diner to buy diamonds, which I would have really liked to have been there to see it. It was a unique situation, and I haven't repeated it since, but I hope to one of these days.
1: That's interesting. You, you even used the expression that his goal was to make it feel relaxed compared to other jewelry stores and that really ties into this whole sensory experience piece that we're always talking about here at, at podcast when we talk about how the senses are impacted by the experience so i appreciate that expression of, of how it's made to make you feel when you go there
0: well another thing i i'd like to kind of point out and this is kind of a signature thing i do in in the stores that I design and build. And most of the time when I explain it to people, they really pick up on it and really like it. One of my big pet peeves, when I go into a location, especially a store, I'll walk in and I'm greeted by people that are sitting down at a workstation, like in the center of an island of a, of a showcase, and they're sitting there working. They greet you and they're cordial enough and they're very polite and everything's nice but I just, I feel like that's lazy. You know, it, I almost feel like I do, I'm not even worth them standing up for. To combat this, all of our workstations, and we have a lot of workstations usually up toward the front of the store to try to keep people from congregating at the back of the store near the cash wrap, which is what a lot of people do. But I build all of the workstations as stand-up workstations and if you have a person that has a problem with standing all day, you can buy them a tall stool to sit on and they appear to be standing. And I just think that's a lot better image to to put out to your customer than to have someone sitting down that has to either stand up, it just doesn't look like they're eager to to help you when they're sitting down. That's just that's just one of my pet peeves and and I've I've let some of my pet peeves flow over into my design just because it's what I believe in. So you utilize your experience as a customer in
1: thinking through how you're going to design a space.
0: A lot of it, yes. And, yeah. and again, it's when I walk into a store, I don't want everybody at the back of the store so that somebody has to come up and greet me. As a matter of fact, we worked with a store down in uh, Florence, Alabama. We actually had a, a gal that would stand up as a greeter by the front door, and she had an iPad attached to her arm to direct people where they needed to go, depending on what kind of jewelry they wanted. And I, I worked with the owner about that, and we thought it was kind of a cool idea, and I believe that they're still using that concept most of the time. I think, you know, when times are, you know, when it's really slow parts of the day, I don't think they've got somebody necessarily stationed up there because that can get kind of expensive. Another thing I've seen done in stores that's a, a very good thing is someone will greet you, and the first thing they'll say is, can I get you a drink? Can I get you a water? Can I get you anything? And it's, it's kind of nice being greeted in that way and not feel like, oh, well, you know, I've got to get involved in the negotiations before they're going to offer me a water or a soda or whatever. I, some stores even go so far as to... Uh, Uh, have wine or champagne and most locations if you're giving it away for free you don't have to have a liquor license but that's a that's a local problem that I can't necessarily address a lot more stores that I've seen are going to a uh, typically we call them coffee bars that may or may not have alcohol but it's a place that people can hang out and feel comfortable usually there's a a big screen TV, and a lot of times the TVs are not playing advertisements. They're not playing anything to do with the jewelry store. They're playing sports events. They're playing uh, one of the cable news channels. Something other than is related to the store. It used to be, you know, every bit of information going on in the store had to do with the store. But I think people are are learning that it's better to have more things. To make it look like you have a larger scope than just what's going on in the store. And uh, we do a lot of stores that have USB charging ports, places for people to charge their iPads, their phones, whatever. As a matter of fact, uh, I've done several that have a rather large bar area that uh, people can come in and, and have a coffee and work on their computer if they want. And I, that's totally out of the realm of jewelry stores. But a lot of times a couple will come in and s- and one of the two need to be doing something else while the other one's shopping. Not everybody is is a happy engaged couple that uh, are shopping together. They may be there for a variety of reasons, but I think you have to cater to everybody for anything they want to do. Pretty much, yeah. So
1: you're really describing a complete customer experience that uh, we talk a lot about with the you can sense it program. In fact, if you you know. Recall our checklist, our Sensational Experience Checklist. Some of the things that are on that checklist actually include: Do you have the charging stations? Do you have the uh, the kind of refreshments that you're passing out to people? Again, tapping into the taste senses and the just the whole experiential process of of shopping. It's not just about going and picking up a product and paying and and going home. It's really about having an experience when you are. No, you're because
0: out. honestly if if somebody just wants to buy a product and be done with it, they can get almost anything they want off the internet.
1: I was going to say I think that's what Amazon's for now.
0: Including uh, in, <laughs> including jewelry, uh, there's, you know, it's kind of hard to buy a big rock off the internet, but it can be done. Another thing I want to point out when you walk into a store and this is something most people don't realize, but it it is very sensory loaded, is there's a phrase that's called sensible heat. And what sensible heat is, you can take a thermometer into a jewelry store and set it up, and the thermometer may say it's 75 degrees in there. But I'll guarantee any customer that walks into a 75 degree jewelry store thinks it's hot. That's because your skin is telling you the temperature but your eyes are adding to the fact and they see all that brightness and they say, oh, bright sun, it's, it's must be hot in here. And so you almost have to have the stores to the point of your employees being cold in order for the customers to be comfortable as they walk in and walk out. It seems a little bit counterproductive, but it is a true statement. And there's actually um, – when mechanical engineers do – Mechanical engineering, there is a quotient in there for sensible heat based on the wattage per square foot. Most people think it's hooey. Uh, technically, it is kind of hooey, but it's what the customer believes, and that's all that matters.
1: So it's about that perception. Yes, and perception is real.
0: Yes, it really is. And and you know, if you have a a customer coming in that in their head it's hot in the store. That is a detraction from their shopping experience and, and quite frankly, their purchasing experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more comfortable the customer is, the more likely they are to, to buy things. Great example of that, and I've, I've never quite figured this out. When people go on cruises, they buy stuff they would never buy at home. And a lot of times, especially jewelry included, they're paying more for it on a cruise and they think they're getting it cheaper because they're out of the country and anyway. So it's it's it has to do with the comfort level of the customer. The more comfortable the customer is, I believe, the more likely they are to spend the money.
1: Which is an important aspect of why, and that's the main reason why it's so important to make sure we've got... Our customers' sensory experience in mind. I have a couple of questions. One is, what's the hardest thing you ever had to plan? What was the most difficult?
0: Now, are you, well, there. <laughs> there's a couple of different items there. there's there's difficult to plan it, but then there's also difficult to draw it. Probably the most challenging thing I ever designed, simply because it had so many new concepts, was Mark Je- Mark's Jewelers. Uh, which had the Diamond Diner in it, had several pretty off-the-wall concepts. He, um, he wanted a store that he could rearrange. He felt that people coming in want to see something new. They want to explore and find think they find something new. And so all of his cases are modular and they can go together in a variety of different uh, shapes and islands they're all front access showcase which is uh side-by-side selling and he's got about a hundred of these different showcases and to my knowledge he has rearranged his store eight times since i installed it three years ago so that part of the concept it was it was a very long process Uh, from the time i started with him the time the store was open was two and a half years. So that was a very long, difficult process. Now, the hardest thing that I ever put down on paper to try to express what I was wanting was Gunderson Jewelers. Their tagline is the most unique store in the universe. And when I first walked into one of his stores, it was it was kind of sensory overload for me because it was so eclectic. If you'll go onto the website and, and look it up, it's it's on my website, Gunderson Jewelers in Omaha. And as a matter of fact, uh, we're just uh, finishing the design on one in Fargo for him right now. But it had so many different things going on. It was just it was difficult to draw, but it was also very exciting. And you know, I've had I've had some difficult clients. But we you know, we struggled through it all, and, and they all became happy, uh, happy customers. So that's pretty much the answer to that.
1: Well, thanks for that. And I, I will tell you, the website is an amazing array of interesting uh, retail experiences that you've designed. I'm going to mention that again for our uh, audience. It's www.yccltd.com. I'll repeat that, it's www.yccltd.com, and it truly is, you go on there, you're going to see some amazing imagery of stores and how they're laid out and how they can definitely impact the sensory experience. Moving on, I wanted to find out, what's the first impression that you want to give people? When they come into one of your design stores, when they see, when they walk into a YCC design store, what's that first impression that you want them to experience?
0: I'm not going to say I want them to be overwhelmed is the wrong word. A little bit shocked, maybe a little bit, a little bit, the feeling that, wow, this is really cool. I don't know. It's kind of hard to put into words. I guess I don't really know. I guess just cool. You know, my first impression when I walk into places is, you know, I, w- I guess maybe I want them to see something unique, something they maybe haven't seen before. And obviously, you know, once they've been in the store, it's no longer unique. So, you know, I've had the opportunity to do a lot of unique things through the years. And, and I guess I guess unique is the best word.
1: So as you talk about doing a lot of different things throughout the years, what do you consider your greatest achievement?
0: I would have to say one of my, my greatest stores that I ever did was uh, uh, Wear Jewelers in Auburn, Alabama. I did not do the drawings on the, on the building itself. We actually uh, tore down their building. It's in downtown Auburn on Toomer's Corner. It's right across from the university. We got into it, and we, we designed a building that looked a lot like the university buildings on campus, and then we added a third floor with a balcony so you can actually overlook the campus and Toomer's Corners, which is, was kind of exciting. And just the entire interior and the entire space, the downstairs was all curved glass, the, the sales floor area. The second floor was uh, corporate offices, uh, repair, uh, warehousing. The exciting thing was there, we utilized a lot of building materials from the old building that we tore down in the old showcases to outfit all of the corporate offices upstairs in furniture made out of reclaimed material from the old building. And we actually uh, took the old vault door that dated from, I believe it was from the 1930s, and we actually used it as the door of one of the uh, private showing rooms and it was it was just a, a very cool experience and i I basically could pretty much do anything I wanted. Uh, I had done several stores for them at that time, and it was it was just a, a stellar project. again,
1: another example of not your typical shopping mall jewelry store and and I've seen pictures of that one on the website: Yes I uh, recalled because I had um, some friends that went to Auburn, and so that kind of when i saw the city i said oh let me check this out so i happened to recall seeing that uh, on that same line what's your uh, greatest regret
0: boy that's a tough one i'd say my greatest regret was probably i didn't move to alaska but that's that's a personal thing probably in the in the business is that i didn't discover jewelry stores and designing them a lot earlier in my career. I didn't get into it till it was about 1980. Of course, uh, back then, nobody would pay attention to anything I had to say because I was a young whippersnapper and didn't know anything. It's surprising how much more credibility you get when you uh, get a little bit of gray and white hair. So I guess my biggest regret is I just didn't move into it earlier. We were in uh, residential uh, Construction before I got into uh, commercial and jewelry stores, and I guess yeah, my greatest would regret would be that I hadn't got into it earlier. But it's been great since I've been in it.
1: Seems like you're doing some fantastic things. One of the things that you showed me when before we got started here was one of the ways that you communicate to potential clients the work that you can do, and it is the flash drive that that uh, you. To hand out to people at shows and, and potential clients. This is a really unique, very unique way of of distributing information. What it is, it's a it's a flash drive, USB drive that is made from wood, has your logo on it, and it's really something that, you know, as as flash drives go, this is one that even if I wasn't interested in the pictures of the projects you feature on here, I would be interested in having this flash drive. I can just see this. This is a sensory experience. Just holding this wooden flash drive. T- tell me about your thoughts on well, this. It, it, and well, well, what came we tried to
0: do, we were looking for giveaways at shows and things. Uh, one of the problems is, and I found this early on when I was designing, I would have to burn a a CD or something or or a DVD to have enough space to burn on three or four hundred high-def pictures. And of course, that was back before there were really flash drives available that were affordable. And so I'd have to burn one of those. I'd have to send it to the people. Now I have these and I, I load the pictures on myself. I could have a flash drive company do it. But since we're always adding stores, even if I have a flash drive that's already loaded, I can just load another store on it if I want, which is kind of nice. And, you know, it keeps taking up more and more room on the flash drive. But I don't really care because once people have this flash drive and they've looked at the pictures and used it for whatever it is they want to use it for, they can erase all the pictures and then they've got a flash drive to to use for themselves. And all of our giveaways that, that we do at, at shows and things, uh, we have tried to make them Things that people will actually use and keep with them, and it's not that I really believe that one day we give away these little tiny LED flashlights that go on a keychain. It's it's not that I believe that somebody's going to click on this light, you know, to find their way into their house or, or find the where to put the key and say and see my logo and says, oh, I had to buy a store. I, I don't I don't necessarily believe that that's going to happen but i've had people come back year after year and say wow that flashlight's great can you give me another one of those and it's just a way to stay in people's minds and i just i just think it's a good idea the more the more things that you can give people that they'll actually use in a tactile way is just going to keep you
1: in their heads more so it's about making that memorable first impression
0: yeah i with, guess
1: with an emphasis on memorable yeah and obviously, if it's going to be memorable, it better be good. Yes. So that's why I, I think that you know using a wood uh, USB is is so much better well, and different than just a, a your typical plastic USB yeah. flash drive.
0: Well, and we use wood simply because you know we're kind of a wood industry. You know, we build a lot of things out of out of wood products. Although, since we build a lot of showcases that are plastic laminate, maybe we should have. Uh, fantastic no, I, I I'd
1: stick with the wood I think <laughs> I think the wood is definitely and it's and it's got your logo on there and your contact information in fact is it okay if I share that contact information sure. if anybody would like to to get reach out to you. if you want to call Ron he's got a phone number on here'm I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there Ron so be prepared if someone calls it's uh nine one three two two six three seven six three. Uh, Again, the phone number is 913-226-3763. And he also has the website on here, yccltd.com. Now, I always ask everybody a fun sensory question when we have our interviews. Are you ready for a fun sensory question? Sure. So my fun sensory question is, what food best describes your personality? That would come from our taste senses. But what food best describes your
0: personality? Diet Pepsi. Okay. Tell me more about that. Well, I kind of got hooked on Diet Pepsi uh, probably about 30 years ago. And uh, anybody that uh, uh, knows me pretty much always sees me with a Diet Pepsi in my hand. As a matter of fact, uh On jewelers helping jewelers, which I'm sure a lot of the people that are listening to this are probably members of that. Perhaps Uh, I just when I did a layout up in um, Lacey, Washington for Clue Jewelers, he posted a bunch of pictures of me with Diet Pepsi's in my hand while I was laying out his store. So it's it's just something that has it's just been a part of my life for a long time.
1: As they say, uh, you, you are what you drink. Uh, yeah, sort of, yeah. <laughs> and that brings us to the a segment of the podcast that we refer to as, Now That Makes Sense to Me. And this is where we ask our guests to tell us one or two strategies that they can share with the audience that will uh, help them develop their You Can Sense a Customer Experience. Uh, I know I've heard you talk a lot about different strategies that you recommend. Would you be willing to share a couple of those
0: strategies with our audience? Sure. I, I hate to say this, but a lot of the things I do, and most people probably wouldn't own up to this, but I will. I go around and I travel quite a bit and I see a lot of things and I see things that are cool. I say, you know, I could do something like that. Or I could use something like that in my design. And, you know, I've always got my cell phone with me, so I'll take a picture of it. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of times I'll go through my phone and my pictures and say, why did I take a picture of that? And, And sometimes it comes back to me and sometimes it doesn't. But the way I look at it is most people do plagiarize things in design. That's why there are whole areas that have names that, People just design it over and over again. You know, it could be classic. It could be contemporary. It could be something else. Colonial, Cape Cod. I mean, nobody really does anything unique in Cape Cod or anything like that. It all has certain elements. More what I'm talking about is like I'll see things in an airport that are just really incredibly cool. Because they've got tons of money and tons of space. Unfortunately, a lot of those things don't work well in smaller jewelry stores. Or people don't want to spend the kind of money I must know it costs. But another reason that I I like seeing things is because I figure if somebody else has done it, it's doable. A lot of times things get drawn that the people that drew it don't really have any idea how to make it happen. They just think it's a cool drawing. That's all well and good, but it doesn't do any good to draw something that's cool, that's going to cost too much money to produce or be unproducible. And I see it all the time. People will draw something out by hand and say, we really like this layout. And then when I start doing scale on it or something, somebody sent me a drawing, a hand drawing of something they thought would be cool. And there was like two foot between showcases where the customer was supposed to walk. And I'm like, well, your design's cool, but it's... It doesn't meet ADA. It, there's not enough space for customers. doesn't matter how cool it is if it doesn't work. And so that's one of the reasons that that I do pay a lot of attention when I'm out and about. I'm out here in Vegas right now, and I'm sure that walking around, I'm going to see some, some new things that I'll take pictures of that I'm sure will end up in a design somewhere. So there you have it from the designer,
1: Take Your Face Out away from your smartphone and instead look at other things and use the smartphone to capture the image as opposed to just being stuck looking at everyone else's images so really it's about uh paying a lot of more attention to your surroundings and what you see and and what's out there yeah and looking to that for your inspiration
0: there is there's a whole world out there and um um, I see so many people, you know, they're walking around staring at their, at their phone and trying to experience the world through their smartphone rather than experiencing the world in reality. I mean, it's so much better.
1: Excellent. So I think that is some great advice. Anything else you'd like to share with us today, Ron?
0: No, no, I think I've pretty well covered uh, most of my uh, philosophy and design. I hope it's been helpful for someone, and, you know, we'll be glad to help anybody out that needs help.
1: Well, this has been an amazing interview. I've definitely gotten some definite insights, particularly the uh, idea about the temperature and the, uh, what did you call it again? Sensible heat. Sensible heat. That is a, a, a an important concept that makes sense because I know when you were talking about it, I realized that... Sometimes it can be cool, but if it's really bright or there's a lot of sunlight shining in you, you, you have this idea that it's hotter than what it might really be. To everyone out there, I want to uh, invite you again to go check out Ron's website. Even if you're not in the jewelry business, even if you're not in retail, definitely go and take take Ron's advice, and that is to look at some things Take it in and experience it. That's something you'll be able to do at his website and get to be inspired by some of the different unique ideas and and creations that he has created. As I said at the top of the show, this is not a shopping mall jewelry store experience. These are definitely some different types of stores. And... I've been thrilled to be here today, and I really thank you for uh, being willing to spend some time with me and and share your insight with our listeners. Well, thank you for having me on.
0: I appreciate it.
1: And there you have it, another interview with an expert in the area of sensory experience. Ron gave us some great tips on how to create sensational customer experiences. I'd encourage you to go back Listen to the show again. Go to our website. That's experiences.com, Refer to the show page. Look at the notes. We've jotted down some of the ideas that Ron has shared. Encourage you to do that. And I look forward to having you tune into our next episode next week. Again, remember when you can sense it, your customers can too.
0: For free tips, resources and information, visit SensationalCustomerExperiences.com, your premier experience brand brought to you by Training for Results, located in the sensory capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada. Until next time, remember, if you can sense it, your customers can too.